Hey everyone, welcome to Parallel Church, one church in five physical locations. Welcome to all of you joining us this morning in Tabor's Pastor Renee and Jill. Welcome to you guys. Welcome Lethbridge with Pastor Ralph and Cindy. Welcome to Clarison with Pastor Brian and Heidi. Welcome Okotoks with Pastor Joel and Tanisha. Welcome Lloyd Minster with Pastor Mike and Carol. Welcome all of you joining us online with Pastor Tim and Jen. And for all of you that are new to Parallel Church and wondering who is this guy on the screen, my name is Pastor Kelly. I'm the lead pastor of Parallel Churches, and I and my wife, Joy Lynn, are currently on sabbatical. And if you're wondering what is that and why are they doing it, I'd highly recommend you watch a message that I did in March. It's message number one in a series called uh, Rhythms of Grace. And in that message, I explain why and what and how. And I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that or watch that message. But today, I get to conclude a message a series we've called The Table. And our teaching team has done a great job of setting this up for you. And The Table, I'll give you a little bit of a history of where this came about. A number of years ago, um, when we... Uh, first start, uh, started at the church here and we transitioned our church into uh, being a church for the unchurched people and we started seeing souls saved exponentially uh, week upon week. We sat down as a pastoral team and began to decide, you know, like, it's great that we're seeing converts, but we are called to make disciples. And we really felt the mandate to make disciples. And we started asking, start, I started asking all of our pastoral team, I said, hey, we're called to make disciples. What is one? And as we began to discuss it, we realized that, hey, as Christians, we have a lot of different definitions and ideas of what a disciple is. And I said to our team at that time, I said, if we're called to make disciples, we should probably be very uh, confident in knowing what one is. We're going to make one. We need to know what one is. And so we started scouring the scriptures and, and looking for, if Jesus called us to make disciples, he defined what one is. And we came across this verse, which this series has been based on. In 1 John chapter 2, it says this, John says this to the early church, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. And I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. He goes on and he says, I write to you, dear children, because you know the father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who's from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God is in you and you have overcome the evil one. Now this passage is written by the disciple John years after Jesus has ascended into heaven, died on the cross, rose again, ascended into heaven. And this is, he's writing this to the early church and he's writing to three specific groups in the early church, children, young men and fathers. And as we've already discussed in the series, he's not writing to the children's ministry. He's not writing to the youth group or just the guys in the youth group. He's not writing just to the men who have reproduced. He is talking to them spiritually. And whenever, what I love about the Bible is whenever in, in the New Testament, they refer to Christians and they refer to uh, leadership in the church, they always use family terms. I write to you sisters, brothers, fathers, mothers, you know, sons, daughters, and God always uses family terms when it talks to, be, to the church. And as in this series, we've already learned this, that these family terms are talking about sp spiritual maturity. And the reality is, we use the analogy of the table and the chairs. The reality is, is that, and we, you know, that there are three groups of people that are in the church. 
But before we get to the three groups that are in the church, in our analogy, we said that there's a chair that is uh, uh, separate and away from the table. And it's not, it's not that this person is excluded from the table. The truth is, all of us are invited to the table. The table represents the family of God. The table represents, you know, a family gathering around the table. It represents seats at the table. And all of us, all of you, are invited to become part of the family of God. Paul would say this in Romans chapter 8, that all of us are invited to be adopted as sons, as daughters of God, that we're invited. You have the invitation to be invited into the family of God. You don't have to earn that invitation. That's a free invitation given to you by Jesus. But you have to accept that invitation in order to sit at the table. And you have to accept the fact that Jesus is God. And if you haven't accepted that fact yet, we'll give you an opportunity at the end of the service to do that. But I want, to, I want you to see that all of us, as we go through this again, all of us are sitting in one of these chairs right now. Whether you're a believer or not a believer, whether you've been in church for all your life or whether this is your very first Sunday, it doesn't matter. All of us are sitting in one of these, these chairs. The first chair is the one that is away from the table and it's, it's you sitting in this chair awaiting the invitation and, all, and the invitation is there and all you need to do is accept that invitation. And once you accept that in, invitation, you now come and sit at the first ch chair. And the first chair as we learned, is, is the born-again chair. This is a term that Jesus used in, in the book of John in talking to a Pharisee. He says, lest you be born again. And it's interesting that Jesus uses those terms, right? He uses the term born again and as, as, as if it's a birthing process. And it really is. It's, it's a rebirth, not just phys not physically, not a physical rebirth, but it's a rebirth spiritually into a new Life and it's and it's saying you're now a brand new baby, really, in the family of God when you accept this at the very beginning. Just you birthed into it, you're brand new, a newborn. That's the first chair. And if you remain and and in the word, and the word remains you, it, you move to the next chair, which is the little children's chair, which is what John is writing to you. I write to you, dear children. He's writing to the people sitting in this chair. Those who are in the church, they're part of the, they're at the table, they're part of the family. He says, I write to you, little children. Little children is not a put down. It's not an insult. Come on. I'm not insulting, uh, you're not insulting your kids. I'm not insulting my kids when I'm saying you're, you're just a little child. Like, you don't say that they're, it's, it's a fact <laughs> when they're young, they're little children. And the same thing, when you're young in the faith, it's not a put down, it's not, it's not a slam at all. It's just saying, hey, you are little children. When John writes to them, he's not insulting the new believers. He's just saying, I write to you little children. Well, what do we know about little children? Little children are completely dependent. They're completely dependent on their parents to feed them, to clothe them, to, to look, protect them, and to look after them, to nurture them. And, and this is in the same way, when we're first born again, and we're you know, first uh, newborns in the faith, we are dependent on someone else to feed us you know, our, the truth, to feed us the word, to, to teach us how to pray, to teach us how to connect with God. We're completely dependent on, on the pastors to preach and to, and to give us that, and, we're feed, and that's how we feed. We're dependent on somebody else to lead us into worship because that's how we worship. That's, that's the only way we know how. And, and we are little children, completely dependent. 
But eventually, you get to the place, just as that little children grow up and mature, they become young men. That's the next chair. The young man is now independent. And as John wrote, I write to you young men because you are strong in the word. How did they become strong in the word? They were able to feed themselves and, and nurture themselves. I've, I've, had young, I've got young people in my young men uh, teenage, two teenage kids in my uh, house right now, and guess what? I don't. They're not required on me to spoon feed them anymore. They are very capable of feeding themselves, and they have the ability to feed themselves. That's they're strong in the word. That's where you mature, and you're able now to feed yourself the word. You're able now to lead yourself into worship, and, and lead yourself, and to pray on your own. And you're not needing anyone else, and dependent on anybody else. You're now independent in your faith. And we all get to this place if we remain. Then the last, the last chair in John writes. You know, it says, "I write to you, fathers." And he's not just writing to the men who reproduce. It's interesting, he just says, I don't write to you, I write to you little children, I write to you young men. He doesn't say, I write to you old men. He says, I write to you fathers. Well, what makes a young man a father? What makes a young man a father is that they reproduce. And that all of us, and we learned this last week, that all of us are, to be a complete disciple, all of us are expected to be reproducers, to make disciples, to go into all the world and make disciples. That's part of that that expectation. And, and this is what Paul said in, in, in the first Corinthians. He said, he says, I write to you, you know, to the church in Corinth. He says, the, the problem with your church is that there are not enough fathers among you. He's not talking about the pastors or the priests. He's just saying, as a church, you haven't got enough mature disciples that all of us are to, you know, to get to the father chair. Now, the, the next chair, and that is not in here, and I'm, I'm going to throw this one in here, the last chair, and I'm going to focus on this with the remainder of our time, is uh, the high chair. And this one you're looking at going, I don't see that in First John. No, but I'm telling you, in the, right, in the, you know, in the New Testament, the, the writer of Hebrews and Paul and some of the other leaders began to speak to to this chair and reference the chair. Let me show you what I mean. In Hebrews 5, uh, the writer of Hebrews says this. Again, writing to the early church and writing to the Christians in that, in that time, he says, I have a lot more to say about this. This is Hebrews 5, verse 11. I have a lot more to say about this, but it is hard to get it across to you since you've picked up this bad habit of not listening. Can you imagine? Come on. Can you imagine a pastor you know, standing up and preaching and, and, and this is what comes out of Hey, I got a lot more to preach to you, but you guys have picked up this bad habit of not listening. It's like, ouch. It's an insult. I'm sure none of you have ever said that to your kids, right? You're like, come on, like, come on, guys. Would you listen? Do we pay attention? You're not listening. Come on, we've, we've said that. I'm sure, we, I'm sure you have. And this is what the pastor's saying. He says, I've got a lot more to say about what I'm going to teach, what I'm teaching you. But you've picked up this bad habit of not listening. Then he goes on and he says this, by this time, you ought to be teachers yourselves, Okay, so when we look at our table and chair, he's writing to this, and this is why I put the high chair right beside the father's chair, because he says, by this time, I'm writing, writing to you, by this time, you should be leaders, you should be teachers, you should be fathers yourself. He says, yet I find you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics on God again. Starting from square one, baby's milk, and when you should have been on solid food long ago. So in other words, 
He's saying this. He says, you should be fathers by now. You've been in this long enough. You've been trained well enough. You've been receiving it. You've been in church for a long enough time. You've been to service after service. You've been in discipleship groups. You've been in small groups. You've done all this stuff. You should be able to lead now, but you're not because you picked up this bad habit of not listening and, and you've ignored some of the basics and you've, uh, you've, you should be fathers by now, training others, but you are, we're gonna have to start from square one, little children, which is why I put a high chair. And I think the high chair is a great analogy because I don't know, have you, any of you ever gone to a, a restaurant um, with a, a toddler? You know, I don't know, 18 months to three years. And you try to go to dinner with another couple and you're trying to have a conversation. Anybody ever tried this with, with somebody <laughs> in a high chair? I, you know, we had, when we had kids that are that age, we didn't go out to dinner much with other couples at all. And the reason being is because when you're at dinner and you've got a child sitting beside you and you're trying to have a conversation with the person next to you, what's happening? Your child is in the high chair and they're, they're throwing stuff on the, the ground, they're banging their table, they're demanding all of the attention, and all of your attention now turns towards the one in the high chair. And in the same way, this is what the writer of Hebrews is saying, in the same way the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, you should be in that father's chair, but you're demanding all the attention, you're doing all these things, you're you're, you're, uh, we need to go back to the basics, feed you the basics again, baby's milk, ouch. Well, Paul, Paul took that ouch to another level in writing to the church in, in Corinth. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 3. He says, you're acting like infants in relation to Christ. Ow. He didn't say you are infants. He says you're acting like one, right? This, he's, not, he's not writing to the little children or to the newborns. He's, he's saying... He didn't say you are an infant, you're acting like infants in relation to Christ, capable of nothing more than nursing at the breast. <laughs> he's, getting, he's getting after him, come on. And then he says, well then, I'll nurse you since you don't seem capable of anything more. Ow. Then he goes on, as long as you grab for what makes you feel good or makes you look important, are you really much different than a babe at the breast content only when everything's going your way. The reason why we don't go to restaurants anymore with toddlers or young ones is because they grab all of the attention. They start to make noise. They, they want all the attention. The re reason why they act up is they want all the attention. You're paying attention to somebody else. They want your attention. And they're looking for that. In the same way, Paul's writing just to to certain believers in the church who said, you should be teachers by now, you should be fathers by now, but you're acting like, you're not infants, you're acting like infants, and the, what's making you climb into the high chair is that you're trying to grab for what makes you feel good, you're going to church for what makes you feel good or makes you look important, okay, which is now it's all about you and it's what you're being fed. And listen, 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 listen. He says, you should be teachers by now. You should be the one giving out, but you're now looking at going to church to receive what you can get from it and what you can receive from it. 
when you are supposed to be going to it for what you can get. And he says, what makes you look, feel good, what makes you look important. And then he says, are you any different than a babe? Right? And then he says, content only when everything's going your way. What Paul is speaking to and the writer of Hebrews is speaking to is they're speaking to this natural human tendency for all of us to want things to go our way, to, to fill us up. And he's talking about this consumer mindset. Come on. And the rest of the world is in consumer mindset all the time. We're always, we're looking for what we consume, what makes us feel good, what makes us look good, what makes us, uh, you know, when things are going our way, that's when we're content. That's the rhythms, the patterns of this world. But we bring that attitude into the church. And this is where Paul's chastising this high chair Christian, chastising this person who's supposed to be fathers, which fathers are, have dependents and are feeding others, chastising them for, for demanding and being fed themselves. And I want to I wanna caution us because this is the language of some of the high chair Christians in modern day church today. The language is this, I, I don't know, I'm just not getting fed. We need to go deeper. We, I, we, need, to get, we need to go deeper. Our worship's just not deep enough. The word's just not deep enough. Oh, we just, I don't know about this. I just don't feel like I can worship there. I just don't feel like I'm being fed. That's the language. Listen, I don't know any of you saying anything. Like, I, I don't know, but come on, that's the language. If you're saying that and you're thinking that, listen to what's happening, is when you say language like this, it determines, it, it, it's telling you and it's telling us where you're at. If you're saying, I'm just not getting fed, you're expecting, come on, you're expecting somebody else to spoon feed you which says you're either a little child or you've climbed into the high chair and you're not able to feed yourself. For instance, you say, well, just, just not getting anything out of worship. Listen, if you are a young man able to feed yourselves, if you're a father able to feed yourselves and, and feed others, you're not, the 20 minutes of worship that you're getting on a Sunday, 25 minutes of worship, it ain't gonna be enough. You're gonna starve. If you, if you ate a meal one day a week, you'd still starve. Right? Come on. If you come to church and the only time you open your Bible is when, and you're expecting me or one of our teaching team to feed you, and that's the only time you open your Bible or, or read the word, you're going to starve. Of course you're not going to get fed up. There's no possible way we could get deep enough to feed you what you crave, what you need. You have to get to the place. I have to get to the place where we are able to feed ourselves. That's what God wants. There's a time when you're a little child and, and all you know, you don't know how to feed yourself when you're first born again and you need and you're dependent on somebody else to teach you. That's fine. But eventually you got to mature enough to become young men to feed yourself. And eventually as young men, if you just stay in the young man chair and, and, and that's, that's, all you're at, eventually you're going to become so about you and about your own way that now what's going to happen is you're going to demand that others begin to feed you and you're going to say, I'm not getting fed or I'm not getting this or I'm not getting enough. We won't get enough on a Sunday service. It's just not going to happen. We're not, our services aren't designed to fill you up. Our services are designed to make you hungrier hungrier for God so that you can feed yourself. That's what we're trying to do. That's what our attempt is. We want to create hunger in you for God, hunger in you for his word, hunger in you to worship, hunger in you for, for prayer and intimacy with God. 
So let's not become high chair Christians where we go to church when it makes us feel good or we go to church when we can look important or we go to church content only when things are going our way. Let's go with the mindset that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. Look at this. This is what he says. He's writing to the father's group now. He says, those of us who are strong and able in the faith. He's not writing to the newborns. He's not writing to the little children. He may be, he's writing to the young men and to the fathers. He says, those of us who are strong in the word and able in the faith. He's talking to us, those of us who are more mature in this. Need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just to do what is most convenient for us. In other words, he says, you're not, the church, you're not supposed to just be there when it's convenient for you and it's all about you. It's not about, like he's just saying, that, no, 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 those who are strong and able to faith, you need to lend a hand, be willing to lend a hand. And then he says this, and I love this. He says, strength is for service, not status. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? Just imagine now, imagine. Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth. He says, the problem with you Corinthian church is that you don't have enough fathers. In other words, you don't have enough strong people in you showing up and saying, how can I help? Not what can I receive? Not, I'm not getting fed enough. Not, not that. He says, no, no. He says, you don't have enough fathers. And of course you're not going to be able to grow and mature and make disciples when it's dependent on a father or a few fathers or a few staff doing that, that work for you. No, no, no. He says, you don't have enough fathers. All of us are to mature and get to the place where we can look after the people around us. Imagine, come on, imagine if we could all come to church. Those of us who are strong, they, what if we came to church, not just looking for what makes us feel good, what's convenient for us, but came looking after the good of the people around us. Didn't come to saying what I'm going to get today, but came looking, who, what can I give today? Imagine if, who could I pray for? Who could I help? Who could I, who could I bless? Who needs an encouragement? How, how can I serve? Imagine if all of us had that attitude. Asking ourselves and people around us, how can I help? So I want to conclude this series by saying every one of us, every one of us in this room right now, you're either in the chair away from the table or you're not yet accepted the adoption that God is offering you to be part of the family of God or you're brand new, maybe in the last week or two or three, you gave, you made the decision to give your life to Jesus and accept him as Lord and you're in this chair, this message today is not for you. We want to say just, hey, all you got to do is remain, come back, let us help you, feed you and encourage you and, and, and man, whatever, whatever you need, we're here to do that. Then there's the little children. You know, we're dependent still on others, but we're hungry to be fed by others and to learn. It's a little children's share. And then there's the young men who are able to feed themselves and are strong and have strength. And then there's the fathers who are, have dependence and are able to help and to feed others. But also, I want to ask everyone who challenge everyone, if you're sitting in one of these five chairs or the high chair, and I want to encourage you, 
don't don't sit in the high chair. Don't sit in there in, for long. And how how do you get out of the high chair? How do you get out of this? You got to take what Paul is saying and saying, okay, I'm going to come and realize that my maturity, my strength, my knowledge is not for me. Strength is for service, not for status. And I'm going to show up not looking what I can receive and what can I what can I you know be, how can I be fed today? But how can I help? How can I serve? Who can I help? And it's amazing. It's, what's amazing is as you feed others, you yourself are going to get encouraged and fed. Because here, here's the truth. Fathers, mothers in the faith, fathers provide for others. Fathers protect the church and others. And fathers prepare. That's the nature of fathers. So each one of us, come on, that's our goal, to mature as disciples, to get to that chair so that we can provide, protect, and prepare. Here's today's takeaway. Simply, strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good, those around us asking, how can I help? When's the last time you asked, how can I help? Come on, let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for your word and for the clarity of your word and showing us where we are in our faith and how we can get to the next stage. And I pray, Father, that those of us who have climbed into the high chair, I pray that we would receive this the way that, that you intend us to receive it, that we would kind of just lay down our defenses and and, and realize that we need to take the maturity, the strength, the knowledge that we've been given and serve others, help others. God, give us the wisdom to know when to do that and how to do that and the courage to be able to follow through. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he rose again from the dead, you will be saved. So I'll run through a prayer with you all right now. It does exactly that, and it's not joining a church, it's not joining a religion, this is simply just a relationship with God. So uh, close your eyes, bow your head, repeat this prayer after me. So, dear Jesus, I confess that you are God, and I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you now to become my Lord, to become my Savior, to become my friend. Thank you that my past is past and that I can begin anew with you today. My heart is yours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So if you prayed that prayer for the first time, first off, congratulations. This is an amazing new step and an amazing new journey. Second off, there's a link that has been posted in the comment section. If you accepted Jesus into your heart today, click on that link, fill out that form. That's a way for us to uh, know that you said this prayer as well as a way for us to remain in contact with you uh, so that if you have any questions about anything that uh, comes up, any if you need any resources, things like that, we'd love to just be there uh, and help you out with all of that there. But again, congratulations. This is an amazing, amazing decision.